What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Well, that was a heck of a week in week seven. A lot of things that are a bit confusing, things that are exciting, and we still don't really know anything about the West, except maybe Illinois is the best team? Maybe Purdue? I'm not sure. It's very confusing. All I know is you should definitely like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. First and foremost, this is a Big Ten show, so I'm not going to start with the Alabama game, Alabama-Tennessee game, but we're going to talk about it. Let's start with the obvious. Michigan is a playoff caliber team this year. I think we already knew that, but my goodness, did they throttle Penn State. And listen, I think Penn State is good. I I was a bit skeptical with Clifford. I'm a bit skeptical with James Franklin. I, I just have been. I don't think James Franklin, quite honestly, is that guy. But Penn State's got talent. Right, they. I I thought their offensive line took a couple steps forward. I thought their win against Auburn was was very good. You know, Auburn's not great, but listen, Auburn was two touchdowns away from Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a top ten team. I don't know how how long Ole Miss is going to be a top ten team, but right now they're a top ten team. You know, they they got beat very similarly against Georgia. Georgia had a very similar uh, margin of victory. And so I, I don't think Penn State's as good as Georgia. I think Georgia's more complete. I think they're better def- I think Georgia's better defensively on all levels of the defense. But I thought Penn State had a legitimate top 10 team. And I, I don't think they're a legitimate top 10 team anymore. I think Michigan really put that to rest. But I don't think they're like not a top 25 team. But Michigan made them look like they were, I mean, dare I say it, they, they made them look like an Indiana-level team. Now, granted, I think Michigan was hyped for it. And I think we do have to talk about the reality that Michigan was an awful matchup for Penn State. So I, I want to get there in a few in a minute. But first off, I want to just mention just how dominant Michigan was. Michigan allowed 111 yards on 22 carries, which that sounds good. Five yards a carry. 62 yards of that came on one Clifford run, which was the only first down of the first half. The only first down of the half for Penn State. 
and it was a 62-yard run. You take that away, it's 21 carries for 49 yards. Not even two and a half yards a carry. I, I said after the Northwestern game, I was concerned about the offensive line and the run game for Penn State. And I was concerned going into this game that Clifford would be inconsistent. Well, Clifford was 7 of 19 for 120 yards. That's inconsistent. And Mike Yersich did him no favors, and his defense did him no favors. Right? Because the defense was on the field, so Penn State could never get in rhythm offensively. And then Mike, Mike Yersich did a good job of recognizing that the way you beat Michigan is you've got to get downfield. You got to beat them with, uh, you know, 15, 20, 25 yard throws. But you also got to get your quarterback in rhythm. And he just never did that. You know, he didn't have a running game to help him out. You know, Singleton went six, six of 19. Katron Allen, six of 16. Kayvon Lee got one carry for six yards. And so that, that to me, really, you know, forget Michigan's offense. Right, let's just focus on on that piece alone. Penn State couldn't stay on the field. They ran fifty one plays in the entire game. Compare that to Michigan, who ran seventy nine. Fifty five of those were runs. Like Penn State's defense was on the field all day long. Which here here's here's the the matchup point. If you want to beat Michigan, you've got to force McCarthy to beat you with his arm. And that's been the case since last year, which is both good news and bad news for Michigan. The good news is, I think Michigan, I think this year could be a year where Michigan could get away with the way their their, their team is playing. Their defense is 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 really good. I, I won't say phenomenal, but they're really good. Right? They did a really good job. They they stopped Penn State's running game and that forced Sean Clifford into obvious passing downs. That's how you beat Penn State. Right? That this is how you beat that's how you beat them. Limit the run game, force Sean Clifford to beat you and you know, hope that you know the maniac Clifford who comes out once a year. He'll probably come out against Penn, uh, against Ohio State in two weeks because he'll be at home. He'll you know he just does that once a year, twice a year. He has the hero game where you're just like, where was that? <laughs> so, I, but my point is, Michigan. This is a great matchup for Michigan. They ran for 418 yards, but this it is the same script that they used to beat Washington last year. It was the same script they used to beat Ohio State last year. And where did it get them in, into trouble against, a, you know, the best team in the country, Georgia? Michigan does not face a defense like that. I don't know if they will face a defense like that. Ohio State's defense is really good. I don't think they're Georgia elite, right? I don't think anybody's saying that. Certainly the corners aren't Georgia elite. And so this is, I think Michigan, 
I'm having a tough time ranking them as as I think about it. I think they're no lower than four for me. They might they might be three. They might even be two. But Michigan was dominant in every phase. But my question is, what happens when they get resistance to the running game? Because while I don't think they will face a defense quite like Georgia last year. Ohio State's defensive line is pretty good. Illinois defensively could really give them a, a tough time. And, and here's the flip side of it. If, if Illinois or Ohio State can run the ball effectively on Michigan, which we saw a little bit with Maryland. Maryland was able to run it at least a little bit. I'm curious to see what happens then and what happens when you you put the game on McCarthy's shoulders. McCarthy was not great with his arm in this game. 17 of 24, 145 yards, 6 yards per attempt. Like this game was won because the running game could not be stopped, right? Donovan Edwards, 173 yards on 16 carries. Blake Corum was the man, 28 carries, 166 yards. J.J. McCarthy, seven carries for 57 yards. I mean, they, I mean, they had two long runs, but even with the long runs, you're still averaging about five yards a carry. So I mean, it was a dominant performance by the offensive line, which that offensive line is legit. Okay, legit. Michigan is really, really good. I, I, you know, can they be like Georgia of last year with a gr- a great defense, a great run game, and a quarterback who can make the throws, but isn't asked to to win every uh, to to do everything? I think Michigan could win a title that way. I, I really do, and I I I don't like blowing smoke with Michigan. National championship contender. Absolutely. They were dominant on both sides of the ball. And listen, Penn State, they need to uh, rally the troops here because they've got a frustrated Minnesota team coming in. And Michigan has written a script to to beat Penn State. And now they've got to deal with Minnesota and Mo Ibrahim and they're going to have to deal with Travion Henderson and Maya Williams of Ohio State back to back. That that is not a fun recipe for the Nittany Lions, and they've got to figure out. Like I thought, PJ Mustafer being back there would be at least bring some resistance, but that defense and part of it, they got tired out. Like they really got tired out, but. I mean, they were giving up four or five, six yards of carry in the beginning of that game as well. So they, they've got to figure something out with Ibrahim coming to town. Because that Minnesota team, I know they just lost. They lost to Illinois, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But they've got a good running game. They've got a great offensive line. Really good center in Nebitz. Um They're, they're going to they're gonna be in a couple of dogfights in the next couple of weeks. Now, granted, they're at home. It's not off a bye. Franklin tends to, to do better in those circumstances. So does Sean Clifford. Although Clifford, I guess, who knows the status on him. He didn't come back in the game. Maybe that was just to give Alar some reps. But we'll see. I, it's, it's intriguing to see what's going to happen. 
with Penn State the next couple weeks. I I would be surprised if they drop both games to Minnesota and Ohio State. I don't think Penn State as is as bad as they showed, although the score was is not indicative of how much Penn State dominated. And that's saying something because it's 41-17. Um, I want to talk about Minnesota-Illinois real quick. Uh, this, I mean, I, I, I tweeted it out. I think Illinois might, might be the third best team in the Big Ten right now. And that's that's not... That's not taking away from Penn State. I think Penn State's a top 25 team. I think they might be a top 15 team. Like I think Again, I think Michigan's really, really good. But what Brett Bielema is doing in Illinois, it, it's, I still don't understand how they lost to Indiana. And part of it was the refs made a horrendous call. But Illinois lost that in the end. Like, Illinois had a chance to win, and they blew it. You know, that's on them. But Illinois has beaten Minnesota. They've beaten Iowa. They beat Wisconsin, which I know that they're not as good this year. But if you told me in the beginning of the year that Illinois beat Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, I'd be like, they're going to win the West. Now, they still have Purdue. That's a tough that that's a tough draw. You know, they've got they've got Purdue. They have um they have Nebraska who's hot and cold. Uh I, I don't think Nebraska is that good, but you know, they, they took it to Purdue last night uh on Saturday. You know, Illinois has got to face Michigan State, which, you know, Michigan State just rallied the troops and beat Wisconsin in overtime. And they've got to play Michigan. So I, the schedule is against them. Purdue has a much more favorable schedule to get to Indy. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if, say Illinois wins their next three games, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Purdue, they lose at Michigan, but then they, they have Northwestern. Like, I think they beat Northwestern. They, they would go 10-2. and two. They'd have the tiebreaker over Purdue to go to the Big Ten title game. It's not that unreasonable. And listen, this is a team in the beginning of the year that I'm like, I think six wins would be great for them. We're talking Big Ten West Championship here, guys. We're talking a possible 10-win season. And I'll be honest, they might give Michigan a better test than Penn State. Part of that is matchups, but you know, think about their team. Chase Brown. You know, nobody was talking about Chase Brown. Like you know, we talked about him as a good back. He's going to be an All Big Ten, most likely an All Big Ten performer at running back. Him and Blake Corum are probably the top two right now, which is saying something because Braylon Allen and uh, Mo Ibrahim and Travion Henderson and. You know, there, there's a lot of good backs in the Big Ten. But you know, Blake Corm is, I think, he's in the Heisman discussion. Chase Brown is going to be the other back. He's over 1,000 yards already. He had 40, over 40 touches against Minnesota. 
I mean, he is playing out of his mind. They have good receivers. Tommy DeVito is playing really, really effective ball for them right now. So I now could Illinois turtle a bit and lose to Nebraska and lose to Michigan State and lose to Purdue and you know go on a four? Sure, I, I that's not out of the realm of possibility. But right now, right now, Illinois I think is not only the team to beat in the West. I I think they might be the third best team in the in the conference, which is that's just ridiculous. It's crazy. Brett Bielema is doing a heck of a job. Uh, prayers out to Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan. He got carted off. Uh, curious to see what Minnesota does with a new quarterback at the helm, especially against in a big game against Penn State, the, the whiteout game. Speaking of quarterbacks uh, getting carted off, Talia Tungavailoa was carted off. It doesn't appear like it's going to be season-ending. Apparently he was celebrating the win over Indiana after the game, and he was in good spirits. So maybe it's not too bad of an injury. We're, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'll see if I can find something here as I'm as I'm talking here. Uh, but you know, Maryland. You know, again, it came back. They they were in a dogfight, and honestly, a game that I didn't think should have been. A dogfight. Um, but they won. And that's that's progress, right? They're five and two. I, I just oh man, I hate being negative on Maryland, but I, I had higher expectations for Maryland. And they, you know, they go out and play Indiana and they, they almost lose that game. You know, they almost, you know, they could have beaten Purdue. They could have beat, you know, it's just, I feel like Maryland, I'm often like, what if, what if, what if? They've got talent. Like, they've recruited well. I just, I want, I want to believe in Maryland so bad. But I just, I can't right now. And, you know, they struggled against a bad, or a bad Indiana team, quite honestly. So I, yeah, it's it's just tough. It's tough to figure out uh, Maryland. Indiana put up a good fight. Good for them. Connor Bazelak played it uh, really played well. Uh, all things considered, the the last game I'll, I'll go to, and this is the last game in the in the Big Ten at least, is Wisconsin Michigan State. I I just don't know what to make of any of these teams. Like Michigan State has not been good. There's a lot of energy on, around Wisconsin last week with the win over Northwestern. People were saying, oh, see, Jim Leonard's the guy. Jim Leonard's the guy. He's he's going to fix everything. And they lose to, honestly, not a good Michigan State team. And, you know, they lose in overtime. It was – and they, they and Graham Mertz was bad. And that's not – that's an awful secondary. Like it, I don't understand it. This Wisconsin team, I'm I'm coming around on the Paul Christ hire, but Wisconsin has a lot of reshuffling to do because they they look like a shell of themselves right now. 
And listen, Michigan State, I expected them to struggle. Wisconsin, I thought, would struggle early and then get it together. They're not getting it together right now. Both both teams at three and four. Wisconsin's out of the West race. I mean, forget forget the West. This is the first time I think we've we've ever said that about them uh, this early. So I think the West, the West right now is a Purdue, Purdue Illinois race, and I'm not sure any of the other West teams are going to get back into it, right? Because Nebraska is two and two. Uh, I think they. I think everyone else is one and two, and Wisconsin's one and three, which is just. I mean, Purdue is is has one loss, and Illinois has one loss. So unless unless you get mass chaos, which is certainly something that could happen, it's an Illinois Purdue battle, especially with Purdue beating Nebraska um, last last. Uh, on Saturday, be, uh, unless if Nebraska would beat Illinois and Illinois would beat Purdue, and then there's all these tiebreakers and whatnot. But right now, it is Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska's at two and two. Everyone else is at one and two, and so they're all behind the pack. So it's it's an interesting, yeah, it's just an interesting. Climb, and the the other crazy thing, and and again, it goes in Illinois and Purdue's favor. Their their losses are to East teams and not West teams. So that that's another tiebreaker for them. So Wisconsin one and three, Northwestern one and two, Iowa one and two, Minnesota's one and two, Nebraska's two and two. Just bonkers, man. It's so different than the East. Michigan and Ohio State undefeated. Penn State two and one. Maryland two and two, Michigan State one and three, Indiana one and three, Rutgers zero oh and three. Like we, that's I mean we could have pegged that six months ago. Maybe not the Michigan State part, but everything else we could have pegged. Let's go national for a minute. I was very delighted in the polls to see that Tennessee did not jump to one. Because I did not see the best team in the country in that game on either sideline. I think Alabama's really good, and I think they could easily become the best team in the country. I think Tennessee has an explosive offense and not a very good defense. And I don't think they have the talent to be a great defense. I think if if Tennessee played Michigan, I think Michigan would give them problems. I think if I think when Tennessee plays Georgia, I think Georgia Georgia's going to beat them. I think if Ohio State played Tennessee, I think Ohio State would beat them by a couple touchdowns. I think if Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia all played Alabama, they would have beaten them last weekend. I mean, Alabama couldn't stop the run. Now, granted, they were afraid of getting beat up top, but part of the problem that Alabama had defensively, 
This is pointed out by uh, the college football nerds, which they're great. You should go listen to them. Go watch them on YouTube. But they were hoping to stop Tennessee's run game with, you know, I think just four or five, so a light box. They couldn't. So they had to play, uh, devote a sixth man to the line of scrimmage, and that meant they had to put safeties on four wide against Tennessee. Tennessee's offensive line is really good. I'm not sure they're better than Michigan's or Ohio State's or Georgia's. And I think they – I think I, Michigan's tough because they, they don't play wide open like Tennessee. So I'm just not sure about the matchup. But I think Michigan could run on Bama, which typically the key to beat Bama is you better be two-dimensional. Georgia is two-dimensional. As, as limited as Stetson Bennett is, like he can – he can throw it downfield when necessary. He's got great tight ends. And Ohio State's got the best receiving core in the country. Listen, if Hyatt can run for six t- or you know, six catches, five touchdowns, and a bajillion yards, you don't think that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Igbuka and you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, when he's healthy, you don't think they can do that? My goodness. And so right now, I think Tennessee is either third or fourth. And that's no disrespect to them. I just don't think they have a defense. I think Bama is sixth. I don't think you can put them in the top five. And I think Bama still has potential to be the national champion at the end of the year. I don't think Tennessee can. If I'm just being honest, I think Tennessee's really good. I think their offense is elite. I think their defense has a lot of work, and I think that somebody's going to catch them. So that's just that's just my thought. I I I think Tennessee's great, but and I think Hendon Hooker could easily win the Heisman. By the way, I mean if they beat Georgia, which I think they can beat Georgia. I'm not saying that they can't beat it. I just think they they would have to be perfect on offense. And so that's so, and they they can. I mean, they're elite offensively, like they are phenomenal offensively. So is it possible? Sure. Um, I think just looking at their schedule coming up, I would not be surprised if they drop one at least one game. You know, obviously, you know they get UT Martin. That's the game they're definitely going to lose. Hashtag sarcasm. Um, UT Martin. Stinks. Then they play Kentucky. That could get interesting. Georgia at Georgia. I would imagine they'll lose that game. They get Missouri. Eh, they stink. At South Carolina. South Carolina is not great. But Spencer Rattler is hot and cold. And he could certainly light up that defense. And here's the thing. If they would somehow get to the SEC championship game, they probably got to play Bama again. Bama's not losing a second time. Not to, not to Tennessee. I mean, and you have to remember, while Tennessee didn't have their best receiver, um, 
Bama, you know, Bryce Young was still getting healthy. He hadn't had game reps for a while. It was in Knoxville. So it was, it was a, there was a lot going for Tennessee in that game. I, kudos to Tennessee. They deserve that win. I just am not, I'm not like, I think Tennessee is a top four team right now for sure. I'm just not sure that they are like a top four team at the end of the year. And I could be proven wrong, um, but I, I don't think they're like LSU a few years ago with Joe Burrow. I don't think it's like that because their defense, their defensive personnel is not going to magically get better. LSU always had the pieces. It just finally like became cohesive in, in the last few games. Tennessee doesn't have that. So the other game I picked, I picked Clemson and Florida State. I picked Florida State to upset Clemson. I, I picked the wrong upset. Uh, I picked Bama over Tennessee, and I picked Florida State over Clemson. Clemson pulled away from Florida State, and then Florida State came back and almost won. Um, or at least almost tied it. I shouldn't say almost won. I, Clemson is so hard for me to figure out because I'm not sold on them. But they were up 20 on Florida State. And so I don't know if I'm just jaded by their boringness cuz they're kind of bo- they're boring good. And I mean it's great to be boring good because you just win all the time and you know in some ways Ohio State's boring has been boring good this year. Oh, they won by 50. Cool. Oh, they won by 30. Cool. Um you know like sweet. I, I just don't know what to do with um I don't know what to do with Clemson because like really they haven't played anybody. You know, at least and Ohio State hasn't either, but like I, I feel like Clemson is plotting along and winning big. Whereas I you know, Ohio State has the explosion factor. And so it's just it's just hard for me. Even even Michigan has some of the explosion factor with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. Whereas I'm like I, you know, Clemson has Will Shipley. He's great. But other than that, I'm like, the receivers aren't great. You know, even Shipley. Like, Shipley's explosive, but he's not like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm really down on people on this podcast, and I'm, I'm not trying to be. I just, I think Clemson's going to get into the playoff because the ACC is awful. Like, they have one more game that I'm like, they might get challenged in, and it's next week against Syracuse. I I just, oh my gosh. I'm going to continue this on the midseason review this week. So if you're like, I want more Clemson talk, well, tune in later this week. If you're like, I don't want any more Clemson talk, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like this year has been so weird because I... There's so many teams I'm just like, I just don't know if you're actually good. And this is why I feel like we need an expanded playoff. That's how I'm going to end. Expanded playoff. It's a good thing. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.